Okay, now I want to tell you that we live in a culture um, that I think shames us a lot, and I get that shame a lot, um, particularly about one thing, which is finishing things. Um, it is extremely shameworthy to be somebody who doesn't finish something, uh, and and you all know that. Um, we all kind of wink and joke about you know not you know changing our majors. You know it's oh okay I didn't I didn't finish I couldn't I couldn't do that so I'm gonna change and be something else. And you know, you're you're five or six weeks into classes now, and you're a freshman. You've already changed your major three times, and that's gonna continue on because we we can't finish things. And we sort of we we, we laugh about that, but we, but we kind of feel hurt about that. Uh, to be again to be someone who never finishes something is shameful in our culture. We obsess about finishing. Uh, marathons now, it's like if you just finish, that's a big deal. Um, we want to be finishers. Uh, and so uh, we sort of as students never feel like we're ever finished uh, because you, you, you finish one thing and then you have to start on another thing. You, you take a test in organic chemistry and then boom, there's another organic chemistry test waiting for you in a few weeks. Uh, and then as the semesters roll on, you finish the semester and you have to get going on the next one. And so you can oftentimes feel like, I'm never, ever done. And we have to cope with that infinite amount of problems in our lives. And so uh, we uh, sort of, in the, in the way we kind of cope with that is we, I think, minimize that. We minimize what it means to finish. And so, for instance, in your classes, I, I have this conversation probably as a campus minister, I have, you know, 15 one-on-ones a week, and probably five of them involve this, of that professor is just not fair, okay? Because that professor gave me a test, and he asked things, or she asked things, that were not in the class notes, okay? So we have made what I'm studying, finishing, which is, I just studied the class notes, and I feel like I've finished. But, you know, really, if you want to take, uh, you know, accounting, for instance, you need to know everything about accounting. You need to master that thing, and so, but, but, and so, in that, in that, in that sense, you can never finish. But so in order to cope with that, we want to make it something manageable, something we can do. And so I feel like when Jesus says the words, it is finished, which is the sixth thing he said in the seven hours he was on the earth, seven hours he was on the cross, thereabouts, um, he says this uh, tonight that it is finished, and we'll just read it uh, in John 19.30. It's hard to believe. It's extremely hard for us to believe that it finishes anything for us, but I want, I want to make the case that it does, in fact, finish everything as it regards Jesus, as it regards us, and if that's true, then it changes our lives. So read with me on your handout, John 19, uh, 30. It says, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he was thirsty last week, um, in our, uh, as the fifth thing, he said, I thirst, and he received the sour wine, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This is the Word of God. May add His blessing to it and encourage us. So the big idea tonight is that Jesus completed His job and part of that job was to bring life to you. And so He accomplished everything. Uh, theologians call it uh, Jesus was completing His active and His passive obedience. So in Jesus' birth, from his birth in the manger all the way to his death, he was actively obeying God's law. He was born under God's law in order to save you and I, all of us who are connected to him, 
by living a righteous life that we could never live. He lived a life that you and I could never live. He finished it. And so when, in one sense when he's saying it is finished, he's saying all of my efforts to live this godly, righteous, perfect life in the place and as a substitute for John and for Justin and whoever, it's done. It's finished. It's accomplished. It's complete. So his active obedience is finished, but also his passive obedience. So the Bible teaches, and John especially, it says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down free of my accord. I lay it down for my sheep. I'm the good shepherd. Those sort of things. So he's passively obeying, too. He is giving over his life. He's laying down his life. No one takes it, but he gives it. So he lays down his life as sort of the, pass, the true Passover lamb, the true sacrifice that none of us could offer, for our sins, to atone for our sins. And so he's saying, when he's saying it is finished, he's actively done everything we've never done. And he's actively, or passively actually, paid for everything we couldn't pay for. He's given the sacrifice none of us could give. He, he, was, he being an infinite person, a divine person connected to, to our true humanity, he died the death we couldn't die. He offered his life. He took on eternal condemnation or um, judgment, he took on the hell we couldn't pay for. And so when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's what's happening. He's accomplished it all. So just a few things he accomplished. So the first thing, uh, first point on your handout is he accomplished everything. Everything. Uh, he was the, he's the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies from Genesis. Yep. Okay. Genesis, this one. Genesis, well, much better. Genesis 3, like the very beginning, it's a much better mic, is it not? Okay. Genesis 3, the, the Bible tells us that from the very beginning, God promised a, a offspring of the woman, Eve, who would crush Satan, crush the seed of the serpent. From the very beginning, from the, but from the moment there was sin in the world, God was bringing death to an end through Christ who would come and make it happen. All the prophecies from on through the Old Testament to the New Testament, He fulfills it. Uh, he fulfills all the suffering needed for our sins. He, like we said earlier, He's the ideal human being. He is what it means to be human uh, in all of its glory. He's what a, what a human being ought to be. He finishes that. He accomplishes that. He pays for all of our sins. He is our justification, meaning uh, in, in Jesus, if we look to Him, we can be accounted righteous. Jesus' sins can be, or Jesus, Jesus can take on our sins, and His righteousness can be ours through faith he kept, because He kept the law. And He destroys Satan. He does all these things. He fulfilled the prophecies. He did all the suffering that was ever required. He was the ideal human. He made the atonement we could make. He earned our justification. He kept the law. He destroys Satan. He beats him. He accomplishes it all. Um, now, um, if that's true, then if he accomplishes everything, that leaves nothing for us to do. Jesus frees Christians from having to accomplish anything for him. Uh, now, a lot of y'all are from Texas. Um, I, I you know, am from Arkansas originally. Now I'm an Oklahoman. And I actually went to school in Texas, which is cool. Um, I went to school at SMU for undergrad. And um, I, I knew a few people there. You might know some people from Rockwall. Where is that? Is that kind of close? Is that 
somewhere close to Dallas? Okay. You know, um, Dallas people wouldn't claim it, but it's somewhere around Texas, uh, in, in eastern Texas or something like that. Rockwell High School. There's a, a, a student there, a senior. This happened, I think, three weeks ago. Uh, a guy named Andrew Sauerwein. Um, this is a, uh, a student who has Down syndrome. He's a senior, and he was nominated and crowned Rockwall High School Homecoming King. Uh, if you have not seen the video, now Tommy always makes fun of me for pulling up things for the sermons from the news, but I, I just have to look up news stuff, and I found this video, I came across it, and it is the most awesome video, a, a picture of, of joy and contrast. Because like right next to this, this little guy, the guy with Down syndrome, Andrew, is, is this, you know, the other candidates. And you've got like big number 34 football player here, you know, like right next to this guy. You've got the stud, you know, just, and then there's Andrew. And, and, and no one expects Andrew to win this. No one expected Andrew to be in it. His parents are, are overjoyed as they're being interviewed. And Andrew is announced as the homecoming king. And, and you can see the, the joy in his face. And he's walking with the queen. And he's got the crown. And he's got all of it. And is joyous. And that's exactly where we, how, we, how we win in this life. Uh, we are voted in by God himself. God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so the Father chooses us for this role to be little kings and queens, and the Son votes for us or pays for us, and the Spirit takes that and applies it to our hearts and changes us, and, and we do absolutely zero in this. We don't contribute to it. It is all accomplished by another. And so what is it we do? What, do you, what is it you do? Well, we trust in Jesus. We look to Him to do that. We look to, in faith to Him. Uh, we don't. Uh, so in that, it means we don't have to do any more good works for Him. Uh, right? We don't have to learn anything else for Him. We don't have to like. We don't have to figure out how old the Earth is, if it's evolution or, or creation. We don't. We don't have to understand all this to be in the kingdom. We don't have to really understand all the complexities of theology. We don't have to learn anything else for Him. His knowledge is sufficient. We look to Him. Um, we don't have to suffer anything else for him. There are people suffering and dying. There are uh, hundreds of thousands of Christians in this century uh, who have died and suffered for their faith. And we can sort of feel ashamed, like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I mean, my, my only suffering is feeling kind of like I'm a weirdo at this weird Bible study uh, on Sunday night. And other people aren't doing that. But look, we don't have to suffer anymore to prove ourselves and feel ashamed because we're not doing enough. Uh, you don't have to do any more good deeds for him. You don't have to make any more sacrifices for him. He was enough. Jesus was enough. He accomplished it all. You don't have to figure out what to do with the sin in you. Uh, you can be comfortable that there is still sin in you because there's no sin on you. Because all of your sin was placed on Jesus. He knew your sin. He knew your struggles. He knew all the things you would take comfort in, whether it be you know, getting more money in the bank or looking a certain way or, or getting approval from others, all those sort of things that we secretly delight in and find uh, to be our functional justifications, those things are placed on Jesus. And so you don't have to fear Him figuring that out from you anymore um, and exposing you uh, because Jesus was exposed. And what He was on the cross is what we ought to be, but we don't have to suffer that. You don't have to fear justice and fear that guilt anymore. And guys, you don't have to defeat the devil. You don't have to beat the devil. 
Isn't that, isn't that refreshing? Uh, we don't have to fight the devil and beat him um, because he's already defeated in, in principle there by Jesus. And so if that is true, then the third and final point is that Christians uh, should want to accomplish everything they can for Jesus because we don't have to. Um, we actually want to. Now, just to, to think about this, um, what if you, you know, were having trouble in your English class and uh, you go to speak to your professor and it's six weeks in and you're just, you're struggling, you, you haven't done well so far, and the professor tells you, you already, don't worry about it, you already have an A. Okay, you're, you're going to have an A. You're going to have an A. So just, no matter what you do, I'm going to give you an A. I know you stress out too much, you're a terrible test taker, um, you are bad at school, uh, just, I'm going to give you an A in English. Okay, what would you do in that situation? Um, would you spend the rest of your time thinking about your other classes, skip all, skip all the English classes the rest of the semester, and never pick up another English book in your life? You might. <laughs> you might just take advantage of that. But, but if you really, I mean, if you really care, which is what the assumption here, we, we care about God um, if we're in Christ. If we know that all is accomplished, if we know we're getting an A, because someone has been graciously giving it to us and kind to us and giving, it, giving us that distinction. Now we can be free to go learn English, and the pressure's off. It's beautiful. Uh, we, we don't have to perform better in life uh, when we understand that our relationship with God is based on Jesus' performance for us, not our performance in Him. And so God is kind to save me in spite of me. Uh, he's not hard and unwilling uh, that, that we would have to sort of decode the formula or swindle him out of salvation or follow some recipe in order to please him. And he's not sort of disappointed with us either all the time. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever imagined how God feels you at this moment, but if you just ran back your day, you could be like, man, if, like, if you were to approach him, he could be kind of like, oh, there's, there's Justin crossing. I mean, he crossed his arms, tap his foot. Okay, I've got to let him in because of Jesus, but I'm not really happy about him. Okay, like that's kind of like the way... I tend to imagine God a lot of times, and that's absolutely unbiblical. There, that's from that's straight from the devil or of hell. That is that is un, that is not what this says. When he says it is finished, the Father's love is upon us. He sings over us. He's kind to us. He lo- he has this this absolute um, affection for us. That's why Jesus was there in the first place for us to finish the work we couldn't do. Um, we are. Um, in a lot of ways, Dickie Simpkins. Um, Dickie, y'all don't know who that is, Dickie Simpkins? I think we need to bring back the name Dickie. Uh, I don't know anybody at OU named Dickie, but Dickie Simpkins, great name. Uh, Dickie Simpson was perhaps unknown to most of you guys, but I know about him because um, I was a fan of the Bulls in the uh, 90s. Uh, the Bulls uh, won three championships from 96 to 98. This is Michael Jordan's second run after he played baseball for a season and a half with the Birmingham Barons. And came back to the Bulls. Yeah, in 96 and 97, he was on both those teams. He had zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero blocks, and zero steals in the entire playoffs. Why? Because he played absolutely zero minutes. But he still has the same ring, the exact same quality, exact same design as Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and all the rest of the guys, Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson. Why? Because he was on the team. He benefited 
from their work, their sweat, their effort. He is a champion because they um, contributed everything, and he contributed absolutely nothing, but he was part of the team. So what this gospel, it is finished, says to us is that we bring nothing to the table, but yet we're counted righteous to the efforts, work, and obedience of another. Jesus, who is on our team. And I say when when it's it's not it's not imitation that's gonna make you a son, but sonship that's gonna make you an imitator. That's a Martin Luther quote. Uh, it's not imitation that makes sons, but but sonship that makes imitation or imitators. Um, I have th- two sons and they are my sons. Lord willing, they'll be imitators of the good I do and the and the bad I do or that I repent of, they'll be imitators of that also. But they can't just imitate and become sons. I have to, they have to be created to be sons or declared to be that. And that's exactly where we find ourselves. Um, we'll, we'll end with this. Um, is that um, Are, are you all Disney people? Um, some, some of you? Okay. I'm learning to be a Disney person because I have a four-year-old daughter and she's princess obsessed. Um, one of my um, favorite princesses, um, I always like to mess with her, but um, Belle is the one that I'm talking about. She dances with the beast. Uh, and so um, the, the story there, Beauty and the Beast, is really, uh, it's, it, it goes back from 1740. And the story is beautiful in that uh, it's basically that, that, you know, a thing must be loved before it becomes lovely. Okay, the beast is transformed. Uh, Belle, in a way, is transformed. Uh, there's transformation that comes through being loved uh, in order to become more lovely. And that's exactly what we have to understand here, is it is finished, tells us we're loved, so we can stop trying to prove ourselves all the time and be lovely, and we actually will start to become lovely. The goal tonight is not to think less of yourself, okay? And okay, I don't need to join any accountability groups or, or uh, small groups or read the Bible anymore, uh, but it's to think more of Jesus, is to think about what he's done for me, how he loves me, uh, and, and start to sing those songs we sang in our hearts, uh, and that, we, that those things could be t- become internalized for us. And so that you have a bigger problem than, than just your moral behavior. I do too. Uh, it's that we believe we're the center of the world. Uh, as John uh, instructed us earlier, he learned that in, in, in his college years because we all kind of come out of the factory thinking we're the center of this world. And what, what Jesus does, he's building a kingdom of reformed sinners of the world, and he's, we're rotating around him, and he's winning us over with his love. And that's the beauty of the gospel, uh, is that he finishes that uh, in spite of us. Though we can struggle with that our whole life, uh, he loves us and he'll never let us go, uh, because it is finished. Uh, we can't lose this. It's finished. Uh, it is completed. It's accomplished. There's nothing we can add to it or take away from it. It is done, and it's beautiful in that way. Uh, are there uh, questions tonight? Anybody got any questions before we head out?